Root Causes, the PKI and Security Podcast, where a pair of industry veterans talk about all matters digital certificates and PKI. I'm Tim Callen, Chief Compliance Officer at Sictigo, and I'm joined by Jason Sirocco, CTO of PKI at Sictigo. How are you doing today, Jay? Doing great, Tim. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm just going to point out, I almost always flub the intro, and I think I got that one perfect. So there you go. First time for everything. First time for everything. <laughs> And then I had to go and blow it by breaking the fourth wall. Okay, so what we want to talk about today is, uh, a, I would say, fairly say, a jaw-dropping article. Is jaw-dropping a fair description, Jay? I think so, Tim. That, that we recently saw in the register, and this is dated Wednesday, August 17. Um, and uh, here's here's the headline. Software developer cracks Hyundai car security with Google search. Uh, Thomas Cal, Thomas Claiborne is the author. And, um, tell us what, tell us what we learned from the article, Jay. Sure, Tim. It, I'm going to keep this very high level because when, as soon as you get into automotive security, yeah. automotive PKI, it gets real deep, real it's fast. Real so easy. Yeah. Real easy. So at the highest level, you can imagine that there's software in your car. Just about every car right now has a, in fact, a pile of software right? yeah. it, within your dashboard, but also even in the, um, w- within the en- engine management system. So the, the computers that run your, your, your engine. Anyway, uh, yeah. it has become common practice. After a whole lot of black hats where white hat researchers have shown you can take control of cars, uh, you know, because they're just so darn computerized and also connected that firmware running these these embedded computers can be messed with. Mm. And what I mean messed with, I mean replaced with, you know, malicious firmware or uh, all kinds of other techniques that the bad guys or the white hat researchers have. So it has become uh, it's a very good practice to be able to code sign uh, your th- that software to make yeah. sure that uh, you know it's legit. Uh, the, the the genuineness of the firmware on these computer systems is very very important. Not only does code signing show us that the source is legitimate, it's who we think they are, but it also can help making sure you know when this was was time stamped, so you can know that it's the current update, and also you know that the the bits in that update haven't been changed in any way. So those are three very valuable things that get attached to code signing your, your, your firmware. Go on. Yeah. And so we have seen mistakes in implementation in the past. And some of those mistakes have been only the header of the software on the, the, the embedded device was code signed, you know, and the mm-hmm. rest of it was just free to do whatever it was going to be. And so therefore the bad guys were able to, uh, modify ultimately the firmware leaving a header in place. You know, there's been mm-hmm. so if you go through the entire history of the what what white hats have shown us, just about every mistake in the book has been made. Yeah. Well, here's another one, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this article is about. Is it's it's essentially another mistake in implementation, but it's a doozy. Wow, what a mistake. Yes, go on. Uh basically, white hat researcher taking a look directly at the firmware of some, you know, one of these embedded systems in a car said, hmm, I don't know where I've seen this before, you know, or whatever it was. They essentially did a Google search on once they saw a a piece of the this embedded software and then determined the private key that had signed the firmware was directly out of the example manual from NIST. In other words, 800-38A, which is basically here's how you implement PKI 101, right? And it was literally directly out of that book. Wow. In other words, somebody at Hyundai, and I, I believe me, I'm not, I'm not picking on companies. It, it, computers are hard, Tim. We, we know this. Hyundai. Yep. 
but it was them and that they were listed in this article. And, and so the, first of all, there's the wow moment of realizing somebody decided to take a, a published example in pro- probably one of the most widely read PKI, you know, how to do PKI manuals there is, you know, guidance in terms of how to, how to perform PKI and, and chose to use not just the, the technique, but chose to use the exact right private key example out right. of the book. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's a demonstration and I'm going to be very kind here. It's, it's a demonstration of a fundamental misunderstanding of what that guidance was trying to give you. It wasn't trying to give you, here's the private key everybody in the world should use. It was an example of, here's what a private key looks like. Uh, don't use this, but you know, yeah. it, this is what is going, it is going to look like. Somebody at Hyundai decided to, to use it literally. Right. So somebody was developing software inside of Hyundai and went in and used the NIST guidance and did not understand, I would contend, did not understand pub- fundamentally what the public-private key exchange was or did or why we have it when they were working on the software, right? Or they would That's have right, realized Tom. that they can't do this. You're right. You know, we, we've said umpteen number of times in this podcast, don't roll your own crypto, right? That's an old trope. Uh, we've also said things such as, Hey, you know, partner with a good security vendor, especially in PKI. Uh, it's not something you want to host on your own, uh, unless you have a, a truly expert team in PKI and very few companies have that. Uh, and, and so if you're implementing PKI, you, you don't hand this off to just a generalized developer who might not fully appreciate what PKI really and truly is. I think that's an example yeah. of what's happened here. Uh, or, or, or at least somehow, like, there has to be some, something in the technology process for a system like this, or, you know, if we wanted to argue that this is an IoT device, uh, you know, for someone in the IoT space, there's got to be something in your technology process where things like encryption and public keys go through some level of technical review, technical understanding, technical audit by the people inside of your organization who get this. And there absolutely are people at Hyundai who understand PKI. It just seems like this bit of software didn't get under their eyeballs. That's right, Tim. And it could even be, you, you never know. Obviously the, the automotive industry is highly, highly integrated. There, there could be tier one providers of true. The, these computers that could have also been involved. And this is why I, I'm not poking at Hyundai. It might not have could even have been, been one OEM. of their engineers. It but even if OEM. it were an OEM, then there needs to be a process for ensuring that that's correct too. Right. And, and that's, that's an incredibly good point. It is, you know, the, the OEM Hyundai in this case, probably dealing with a tier one provider needed to better understand, all right, well, what is the chain of, of command here in, in terms of handing off the technologies? And and so there's a even another point I want to make mm-hmm. on that exact piece, which is so common in automotive, which is quite often, you know, a factory will provide a, what I like to call a transport key. It, think of it almost like a birth certificate or a, a serial number, but it comes in the form of, of an asymmetric key pair. Yeah. And, and quite often you 
you would use that, you would hook into that just to say, okay, that's, that's obviously a genuine part that comes from a specific factory. But now for the purposes of what I'm doing with PKI in terms of either encryption or signing or uh, whatever it is you're doing cryptographically, you will then provide your own key pair, right? And so in this case, wow, did you ever miss that? <laughs> it's that's like true. Yeah. Uh, that solves that, doesn't it? Yeah. And, it, and, and, you know, and even if this were a public private key, key pair that had not been published in a pace or place where people can find it, at the end of the day, you're rolling forward with a, a a firmware with a software update system using a private key that was provided to you by an outside party, right? If this did come from an OEM, if this came from an OEM, then someone decided we're going to use this private key that was given to me outside my organization. And you shouldn't do that either, right? Because that now means your private key is exposed. That's it. And in fact, it can even be more complicated than that in, in the sense that Quite often, these computer modules, the, the the underlying ARM chip may have its own key pair that's created, which then gets embedded into a chipset, which then gets embedded into the automotive computer, with which then gets in, embedded into a car. Tim, we might be talking about four to five providers for this individual <laughs> right. piece of engine management system. Right, and you don't know how far back. Like, And chips go way back. Chips go that far up the chain. Yep. So so you know in the event that something gets incorporated that far up the chain and if it rolls through you could see that coming out. Yeah, that's why IoT supply chain especially for something complex like automotive is is so complicated. It's incredibly complicated. And in fact, we've, we have talked about that in the past. You know, it's, it's something we haven't talked about as recently, but I think in the automotive industry, Tim, I, I'm, I have a theory and I could mm-hmm. be totally, totally wrong. Okay. Um, I think that the chip shortage has made the automotive assemblers, right? The big companies like Hyundai so darn desperate for chips wherever the heck they can get them from. Ah. That they may have just thrown Maybe out the process, QA, the process. Yeah, is, so that is process breaking. you were talking about, it's, it is, I think that's what's happening to him. Yeah, which, but that's dangerous and that's scary too, right? Because you could, you could have problems. I mean, this was some, some white hat finding it, dinking around with his own car, but you know, what if we discover that the hard way when cars are going down the freeway? Well, that, this is the problem. And I, I know people like Charlie Miller, and I'll, 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 you know, kind of paraphrase something that he has, has said, which is, look, you know, when, when he was hacking cars, mm-hmm. right, uh, it wasn't easy. And so therefore it's not going to be the average, you know, hacker that's going to be doing this uh, maliciously or otherwise. And I think that that's very, very true. On the other hand, if the supply chain process for security has broken down to this level, yeah. Oof. That's the, the, that's something to think about, and and this is an exam an example that should raise some alarms. Going, geez, what's the state of the industry right now? Are uh, are are the different car companies paying as close attention as they should? And it's it's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate question. Now I'm going to ask you one other question. I'm going to pivot a little, which is to say, was was it really important and valuable in the NIST guidance that their example public private key pair were in there as real key pairs. Like, could the NIST guidance simply have said, bracket, insert key here, close bracket? 
because that, that would have avoided this problem too. True, true. However, however, if if I were if I think of myself, you know, 25 years ago, and I was mm-hmm. just just learning this, seeing what the blob actually looked like for realsies listed by NIST would have been really handy. In other gotcha. words. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're really a, a truly down in the weeds computer practitioner, especially in PKI, seeing what that private key really and truly looks like with your eyes, it, it's a, it's amazing how the human brain works. This isn't so much mm-hmm. a computing thing as it's a, the way the human brain works. The, the, the ability to pattern recognize based off of a literal example is powerful. And that's why NIST did it. And I would, I would, I wouldn't okay. change 300 dash, you know, 800 dash 38A. I think that they've done a, a good job. Um, however, however, to your point, maybe they need to, to make a modification to that document and, and put a great big arrow and say, don't use this. It's just an example. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't looked at the actual document. So it's, I can't comment on whether there's any explanation in there that says like, don't use these. And, and, and I get that. And they may very well say we're, we're writing this document for people who know what they're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, you have no business reading this document. And maybe that is a, a perfectly valid position to take. Um, it just made me wonder if, if that was an avoidable error, um, or if it would be possible to publish what looked like a public and private key pair that wouldn't work. Right. And that might still accomplish your objective, Jason, of knowing what the blob's supposed to look like, but you could, you know, if nothing else, what if they didn't match each other? So at that point, you, you wouldn't actually allow somebody to make this error. So maybe there, maybe there were ways that could have been done on that side too. I won't deny it. I think you could be absolutely correct to, to physically make it not possible to take an example out of the book. You're, you're, yeah. you're right. Yeah. However, you know, you know, the way that, that a lot of computer scientists are, they were, you know, pedantic and for good reason. And right. so therefore it needs to be right on the nose. Yep. And, and that's what they've done. <laughs> that that bit, is what they've chosen to do. Flip a bit halfway through the, the public key and you don't have this problem anymore. Right. <laughs> well, but, right. But then that just becomes another example. Right. And, yeah. and so therefore, uh, you can bit flip all you like. The problem is it's still, it's still a valid pu- private key. I, I, you're right. There, there could be somebody more clever than me could maybe come up with a, you know, a guardrail so that this couldn't happen again. On the other hand, I'd like to think that you know, just a, a big arrow saying, don't use this. It's just an example sure. might, might be a better way of doing it. And so maybe there's a lesson learned there too. Maybe, maybe, uh, if you're providing material to engineers, you could also give a little thought about the usability of that material, right? And the way that that too could, could, could hit a pitfall and, and maybe a little bit of, of thought to that might be, might be another aha moment out of this. A- anyway, very, very interesting article. I think nothing either of us expected to see. And it was just like, wow. Yeah, it's, it could be a sign of the times due to, uh, shortages within supply chain. But on the other hand, you know, perhaps this is just the big red light to all you folks out there who are doing PKI. Frankly, in any environment, these are mistakes that could easily be made by people that are otherwise well intentioned. And so, and so Tim, you are dead right. There needs to be process. There needs to be double checks. Because friends don't let friends make mistakes like this. Yeah, yeah. This was this was surely some kind of process failure that should not have occurred. Yes. And 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 it's not like engineers at Hyundai haven't thought about this. Uh and 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 they 
certainly have a process that they think prevents this kind of outcome, and it, it just didn't happen in this case. Even their tier one suppliers you know, are, are deeply experienced in PKI. There, sure. there should have been a process at some point where uh, you know, somebody in the chain of process should have said, hey, what's going on here? What? Where did this private key come from? Yeah, I agree. Anyway, <laughs> so there you go. There's your do is moment for the day. Yeah, Tim. All right. Thank you, Jay. This has been Rick Cousins.